the Personal Branding Podcast. You're listening to Abdul Shakur, and today I have a phenomenal, a phenomenal guest on the show. He's a amazing author of three books: The Resolution Book, The One Percent Rule, and now The Leap of Your Life. He's an amazing coach that helps people achieve results uh, within 90 days that most people achieve in a year. Um, his energy is so infectious. I've been so engrossed to some of his content across the social media platforms. I'm excited to have him on the show. Welcome, Tommy. Abdul, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and uh, so pumped for what you're doing here. You're really creating so much value and uh, I'm excited to co-create. Perfect, perfect. Well, let's let's take a deep deep dive as, you know, straight away. Tell me about who you are, but also your story. Where, how did you get into this? How did you become suddenly this person that's so obsessed with with high performance and so obsessed with getting people to overcome challenges and, and create the best life possible? Yeah, absolutely, man. So to to really dive into that, um, I, I grew up in, in two completely different cultures. One was in South America. One, one was in the northeast of the United States. And there was massive contrast between those two. And that we would go back from one to the other back and forth and that really it challenged me but it also gave me the gift of perspective um, two different cultures two different worlds two different you know ways of, of seeing the world and when I came back to the states I always you know would come back with a deeper perspective that hey life in in this part of the the country where I lived in the US um, was different than other parts in the world and that really gave me the gift of you know, asking some tough questions. Um, what am I going to do with this opportunity? Who am I? Why am I here? And it really led me down the rabbit hole of self-discovery and answering those questions. Because I believe we all have the questions. It's just a matter of do we have the courage to go out and answer them? And often we don't answer them until a crisis hits or I, our identity is ripped wide open. And so that started my journey of, of personal growth and um, entrepreneurship and just really traveling the world, learning from the best um, so that I could, you know, fulfill the potential that I knew I was blessed uh, to have uh, by being in a place where you can create something from nothing. Mm, absolutely. And and tell me a bit more about your childhood. Like, What was your childhood like growing up? What was it like to, to, to be in the shoes of Tommy growing up? Yeah. So, so like I said, so we went back and forth between these two cultures uh, seven times in 15 years. So, you know, it was, it was challenging, man, because, uh, you know, Bogota, Colombia is, uh, is a really different place, uh, than New York. And, uh, so just, just getting used to those different cultures and, 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 you know, being challenged each time with, you know, the language barriers and just kids growing up differently. Um, it made me really introspective. And for a long time, I, I didn't feel like I fit in in any place. I didn't really feel like I had a home base. Um, but through that adversity, through that challenge, um, I acquired some depth and I was able to, to really, you know, get to know myself at a young age and begin that journey of, you know, discovering who I am and why I'm here. Perfect. And we talk about self-discovery. A lot of people say, okay, I'm going to go and discover myself. Is is there a process to it? Is there something that, you know, some people can just get it started or, or take or do a couple of things to get started on that journey? Because, you know, I've, so, so many, I've had that phrase so many times where people say self-discovery, you know, you need to go discover yourself, <laughs> find out who you are. I'm like, how did you do that? How, how did you go? I know. Yeah, so, so great question. And the first thing is, like, let's not attach a lot of pressure to that. It, it doesn't mean you have to go to the Himalayas and sit in an ashram uh, for six years to get to know who you are. 
um, let's start simple. Let's start small. And, and, you know, for, for me, that process can be, you know, having a toolkit of quote unquote self discovery. And the best place that we're going to discover ourselves or get to know ourselves is in the space. And when I say space, it means when we're unplugging from the constant nonstop stimulus, from the constant, you know, uh, roller coaster of doing and doing and doing in the entrepreneurial world from the hustle. When we step away from that and we create some space, which for a lot of people can be very uncomfortable, especially men, um, we get to know ourselves a little bit more. And that could be practices like meditation, walking in nature, being in solitude, turning the phone off. I mean, you name it, but that's where I would start somebody. Just spend some time with yourself. Spend some time alone. Unplug. And just build that relationship with ourselves because so often we're building re- relationships with everyone else externally but not with ourselves. Mm, absolutely. You touched upon something which really kind of caught, like opened my ears a bit. You touched upon it's more difficult for men in particular. Why do you think that is? Absolutely, man. Well, as men, we're so hardwired for you know this this pursuit of of achievement and and many times it's you know achievement is a very external game you know if i achieve it means you know i'm making more money i'm tripling my business i'm getting accolades i'm doing all of these things um but that's an external game and yes it's it's valuable but if we don't work on the internal game, which is that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of meaning, that feeling of, okay, why are we doing this achievement in the first place? I mean, do we have a deeper rooted purpose? Um, if we don't balance that out with the internal, there's no amount of external that's ever going to uh, really fill us up. And this is when you hear stories of you know, countless people who were masters of achievement, but then they woke up and they said, is this all there is to life? And, you know, why don't I feel the way that I thought I would? And that's because they missed out on the internal game. Mm, absolutely. And one of the one of the difficult things that I realized on my journey of building a business and building a personal brand, I realized dropping your ego was one of the most toughest challenges to do. You know, it, it required, there was a lot of resistance there, especially, uh, you know, one of my, my wife really helped me on that journey to kind of drop in my ego, but there was a lot of resistance there to begin with. Talk to me about how some of our listeners, some of our audience can, can go about not only understanding that they have an ego in the first place, but also t- got, taking that first step to drop in their ego. Absolutely. So many times when we want to create change, when we want to create results, when we want to create transformation, we're the biggest obstacle in the way. And uh, that can be something that's hard to realize. Um, But if you get it, it means you have a growth mindset. Uh, If you don't, it means you have a fixed mindset, which we can go into. But in in my program specifically, and I work with entrepreneurs, the first step that I say in all my programs is drop the ego at the door because the ego, if we don't drop the ego, we're not going to be open to new perspectives. We're going to think we have all the answers. We're going to want to be right, not get it right. And so, so often, especially for hard charging entrepreneurial men that I work with, that's the first step. Are you willing to admit that you need help? Are you willing to go seek out that help? Are you willing to uh, get perspective from different types of people in different types of industries that are going to you know, reveal your blind spots? And then furthermore, are you going to be able to take that in, not from a place of judgment or 
you know, um, being blocked off, but take it in and actually do something with it. So, so often, if you're out there looking to create change and it hasn't happened and you find yourself in the same exact spot, the ego is, is the thing that's holding you back. Mm, absolutely. And, and right now in a space where there's so much social media, there's so much noise, you get sucked into the last one, especially if you're living in a capital city, like I, I live in London, so I, I had to move out before I got married. But before that, there was a lot of, I got sucked into that noise and that sort of that hectic, you know, hustle lifestyle. How do you snap yourself out of that to then recognize that actually something needs to change? Because most of the time we don't even know that there's something needs to change in the first place. Like we feel like oh, what we're doing is the right strategy. You know, this is going to work. This is going to work. This is going to work. I'm going to keep going, but I'm not getting the same results. I'm not getting the results that I want to get. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so that constant rush, you know, I lived in New York City too, and it's just, it's just so palpable and you can feel the energy from a mile away. The problem is you can be going down a path that is the wrong path. Um, and you won't even notice it. Just like you said, you won't be aware because you got your head down so intensely and you never take a moment to breathe. And here's the problem. We don't find perspective in the chaos. We don't find clarity in the chaos. We don't find answers in the chaos. We find those in the space when we actually take time to unplug. So what does, what, what does this look like? You know, somebody may be asking, well, it can be as simple as, you know, for me as an as entrepreneur, like starting my day on airplane mode, not being so reactive to clients, people, the marketplace, social media, because if I start my day off that way, I'm going to be stressed, anxiety. I'm not going to be clear. I'm not going to be creative. I'm not going to be able to make big decisions that actually move my business forward. And I'm going to be living in this really shallow world. And so there's, there has to be that, that, you know, that, the balance between those two, it's like, yes, you know, being in the trenches, doing the work, but also taking time to disconnect. I always say, if you need to hustle 16 hours a day, you're not focused enough. You're probably spending most of your day distracted. You're trying to multitask all day and you're not really doing big, important work. You're, fo- you're focusing on urgent stuff that's not important. And when we do that, you know, our business starts to fade. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And and you've talked about creating space in a number of different ways. One of them in particular which really caught my eye was deleting twenty five percent of your life. Talk to me about that concept. Talk to us about that concept because I feel like this is so important and this is like something that's so underrated in today's age. Like we keep doing, we keep you know, flushing our life with so many things to do, uh so many things to achieve. But we're not getting anywhere. Talk to me about deleting that 25% of your life to create room for more. Absolutely. Well, it's been a very long time since I said I, I met someone and I said, hey, how, how's it going? And they told me, you know what, um, it's so peaceful. I'm not busy. I have open space, right? Like that doesn't exist. We're all busy. We're all overwhelmed. We all got bills to pay kids. I mean, it just goes on and on. So I just call this the closet principle, and it's really simple. You know, um, I, I remember when I moved to Arizona, which is much different than New York City in terms of space, I had this massive walk-in closet. I mean, I, I would meditate in there. It was, it was basically what used to be a bedroom in New York, right? And I noticed that I had a lot of space, which was amazing. But as time went on, I started to fill that space. And I remember walking in there one day, and I had no space left. And I looked around, and I said, what happened here? And I noticed that most of the stuff in there 
was stuff that was just literally taking up space. It wasn't serving me. I wasn't using it. And that's just a metaphor for what happens to our lives. We add in a lot of stuff into our lives, social commitments, people, opportunities, places, um, all types of obligations, et cetera, et cetera. But we rarely take time to delete those. So no wonder we're overwhelmed. No wonder we feel like every time we get something done in our business, that just means we got seven more things to do. So this is a practice that I teach all of my clients. They do it on Sundays. We do it on Sundays. But you could do this at any moment, um, especially right now. You literally uh, make a list of all of the things that you could do, you can do, tasks, um, and even take inventory of some of the things in your life, you know, the the people, the places, environments, maybe the media you're consuming. And we do this every single week. And the first step, like you said, is deletion. We just get rid of 25 to 30 percent of the things on that list that they're not relevant right now. They're no longer in alignment. They help get us where we are, but they're stopping us from where we're going. And when we do that, we can exhale and feel okay. Now I have some space. Now I have some bandwidth. And that changes the energy that we move forward with the next day. Wow. That, I, I think I think that I think if there's anything that people can take away from this podcast, and that's one of the most powerful things I've heard someone say in quite some time, because there's a lot of general and broad advice. Like there's a lot of uh, advice around, you know, how you you need to to work or they need to hustle harder. You need to make more time and become more effective. But nobody talks about getting rid of the things in your life. You know, they talk about dropping a friend. They talk about you know surrounding yourself with the right people. But nobody talks about the general things in our day that people need to drop in order to create more space for us to grow and, and, and create new things. So I, I truly, I truly value that. Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to add on that just so deletion is the first step and that's going to give you a lot of clarity. But also if you're an entrepreneur and you got a lot of moving parts, you delete first, then you delegate. So, you know, who can I delegate this to? Whether that's somebody on your team, whether that's a freelancer, there's so much cheap talent out there. And then there's automate. What, you know, what consistent tasks and things are you doing that there's software for, that there's some way to make it automatic. And we do this every single week with my clients. And so they'll brain dump on Sunday. They'll start with deletion. They'll move to delegation and then they'll move to uh, automation. And then they look at their calendar and they're like, wow, I just got rid of so much stuff. Now I can work on what matters. So I just wanted to finish off the system uh, for anybody out there listening. Absolutely. You talk about automation. What are some of the things that you're currently automating in your life or some of the things that you've seen that uh, amongst your sort of the people that you work with, the entrepreneurs you work with? What do you feel like are the more common things that people need to automate in their lives? Absolutely, man. Well, anything to me, I, my zone of genius is is you know not the not shallow, consistent daily communication. Um, you know that's not my zone of genius, and so a lot of the things that I automate are those things. You know, the email um, stuff like uh, social media posts. Um, you know, uh, all these little communication and tasks and stuff like that really help me create an automation. So here's if if you want to create systems and automation. Um, start going through your day and identify the things that you're consistently repeating, but they're kind of on a whim. And when we do things on a whim, first of all, it's very hard to be consistent. Uh, number two, it takes a lot of decision-making and willpower from us. And number three, it's not repeatable and duplicatable, uh, which means it, it drains our energy. So 
if you if you find yourself doing that, those are the things, as long as they're repeated, right, the things that we do more than once, um, those are the things that we, sh- we should automate and we should systemize. And just a practical one that I've done for me personally, when I'm a very routine oriented, when I travel, I love travel, I love going to new places, I go to seminars, I'll do workshops, go to workshops, lead workshops, um, I decided that I, I, I realized when I come back, I'm usually uh, lower energy because I've given so much of myself. Um, and so one of the things that I've automated, and this is just a simple hack, and I wanted to share the example, that I'll have someone you know, clean our home, uh, my, my home with my fiance, the, not the day before I come back on a trip. Now, why does this matter? Because I have the awareness that I come back on a trip and I'm usually less energy, less clear coming back from a trip. So when I walk into my home, I've automated the process and I walk home and the place is absolutely sparkling clean. That gives me peace of mind and that eases the transition from travel back to normal life. So that's just a small thing that has worked for me. But in your life out there, you know, look at the things that are that you're doing all the time consistently that are draining your energy that you can automate, that you can systemize or you can delegate. Mm, that's that's amazing. I think it's a great example as well because most people don't plan or prepare ahead. It's kind of saying you need that sort of that that foresight to see actually what have I got that's coming up that I can then automate to make my life easier, so I'm not can get into that stage where I'm burning out. So I think the example that you was you gave was perfect because it just allows people to actually what have I got coming up that I can automate that will kind of drain my energy. And how can I automate that to make sure that I can save that energy to focus on the more important things in life? Yeah, I mean, we have limited willpower, limited decision making. And so if you're starting your day and you're wasting your peak energy, for most people, it's going to be in the morning. Yes, there's some night owls, but 80 percent are going to be more in the morning. Um, If you're wasting your peak energy and your peak decision making on stuff that's 10, 15, 20 dollars an hour work, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to make the right decisions for one thousand dollar an hour work, ten thousand dollar an hour work, et cetera, et cetera, because you're gonna be drained. So it becomes very important to protect our willpower and create boundaries. Mm, that's amazing. I want to go on to, to to some of the work that you do because you you help people, you know, things that they would normally achieve in a year to kind of achieve that in a very short space amount of within the ninety days. Okay, there's a lot of people that are out there busy that are, are trying to achieve those sort of results. How do you ensure that your tasks and the things that you do in your life, in terms of your business, how do you make sure they're impacted? Because there's so many things I feel like, for example, there's certain things we need to automate, but other things we feel like, okay, I need to, I need to do these things because they're important and they require my skills and ability. But how do I make sure I create more impact in my, you know, over those 90 days? Absolutely. So this is this is a system that, you, just like you said, it helps us create one year's worth of results in 90 days, which means if we do it right, we can grab, we can create four years worth of growth in a year. And I've seen this play out in my life. I've seen it play out in uh, countless people's lives and clients, et cetera, et cetera. So it works. Here's why it works. It's because, you know, if if somebody listening, if you've ever um, had a really important deadline, and let's just say the deadline was six months from now, when did most of the work happen? 
for most people, for most people, it would happen. 90% of the work would happen those, you know, those last 15 to 20, maybe even 30 days. So this is the power of deadlines. This is the power of urgency. This is the power of accountability. Now, often in goal setting, we think like a year out. In a year, I'm going to accomplish this. And if we take the six year, uh, the six month example, most of that stuff is going to slide until the end. So I decided let's take that urgency because I've done a lot of goal setting stuff. I've worked with a lot of mentors. And, you know, we set these three, five, ten year visions. And I think that's great. But I need something that's front and center. Because just like you said, we're all overwhelmed. we got so much going on. And if something isn't so close to us that it's creating that urgency to really focus because urgency drives focus and focus drives results uh, and also fulfillment as well. So I just break it down all the way down to 90 days. And it really, um, you know, Peter Thiel Peter, uh, from PayPal, uh, he has a, a great, it's kind of born out of this philosophy. He has this thing where, you know, he says, okay, so what's your 10-year goal? And, you know, he, the entrepreneurs say, this is what I want to do. And he says, okay, awesome. Um, how would you make that happen in six months? And this is the same thing that I'm, I'm teaching here is that when we compress our time, our goals, we have no option but to focus and but to create urgency. And going back to what we said earlier, delete the non-essential. Because when you're faced with a 90-day goal that's audacious, that's going to stretch you, that's important to you, you just – you don't have – you can't waste days away on things that don't matter. And that's how we really create next level results. We get focused and we get more done in 90 days than we, most people would do in maybe a year, maybe a couple of years. Mm. I, I, you know, the, the interesting thing here is people will try and attempt to do that and they tend to get sucked into the career or, or, or the business that they're running. How do you, at this point in time, ensure you have that old balance so your other areas of your life don't get affected? For example, your relationships, for example, your health. Like, how do you do that without burning yourself out or without, you know, destroying the other areas of your life? Absolutely. So the, the crazy thing about focus and urgency and clarity and all the stuff that I just talked about, um, when you're operating at that level, you shift your relationship with time in a way that you just take it much more seriously, much more valuably, and you really learn to focus in a much more diligent and disciplined manner, meaning meaning that you have more time and energy left for the other areas of your life. Um, and so because here's here's what typically happens. We're trying to do seven projects in a quarter. We're trying to do all of these things. We're so scattered. We're doing so many different types of things. Maybe we have multiple businesses at once. That's when we get overwhelmed. But with what I teach, and specifically what we just talked about with the 90 days, it's it, they're big goals, but they're not a lot of goals. They're not like 19 things that we're going to do. They're really one or two really big things um, that we're going to focus on which means a lot of it is going to be deleted. A lot of it is going to wait till next quarter, maybe next year, et cetera, et cetera. So we actually have more bandwidth for the other areas of life. Here's the other thing, though. With entrepreneurs, especially because we can't shut it off, it's very hard for us to shut it off. There's always more to do, you know. Um, by really creating that urgency and focus, we, we, we walk around, we operate on a daily basis knowing that we're moving our business forward in a real way, not just busy work, not just email, not just this managing, but actually the important stuff. 
So when we spend time with our family, we're actually fully there. We're not thinking about another email that we have to send. We're not thinking about something that we didn't do. We can be present. Same thing when we're working on our physicality. We're able to really deep dive into that or any other area of life. And so my system is very holistic, meaning that we're going to set big audacious targets in business, but we're also going to set targets in physicality, health, relationships, because just like you said, I mean, we can have the best business plan in the world. If your health is shot, you're not going to have the energy to bring it to life. If your marriage is on the rocks, you won't be able to focus at the office. If you feel spiritually disconnected, whatever that means to you, um, it feels like a hollow victory. So it's all about simplicity, focus, and then building that bottom foundation to make sure that, hey, I want my business to amplify my relationship, not take away from it. I want my relationship to amplify my physicality, not take away from it. And that's how I define success. It's a very holistic approach. And so for somebody listening, I urge you to find success on what that means to you and start to strategically feed each of those buckets of your life. Mm, absolutely. That's a very important message. And I think a lot of the audience that I, that follow me need to hear that sometimes because there's a lot of sort of, I'm busy, I'm running around, I'm doing all of that, but I also need to focus on the other areas of my life. But even to sl- just slow down and look at what's working and what's not working, and even that can seem like a challenge at times because even the power, like, I would love for you to talk about the power of reviewing and journaling because you've mentioned that in a few things that you know, some of the content that you post online. So I love to hear why that's important. Absolutely, man. So, you know, um, every quarter I take two days, two days completely off. And those days are spent in a, in a whiteboard in my office where I'm in my co-working space here where I'm reviewing parts of my business and parts of my life. And this is, this is the power of reflection because like we said earlier, we can be doing, doing, doing and we're going down a path and it might seem like a good path, but if we don't reflect, we may miss out on a better opportunity. So what I do there is I just take back, I put everything on a whiteboard and when we take something out on a whiteboard, when we take something out on paper, when we get it out of our 60,000 thoughts a day, we get a lot of clarity just from doing that, just from like take, put, putting it out there. Furthermore, we can make non-emotional decisions. So when our business and our lives are swirling around our heads, they're also mixed in with our daily emotions that are fluctuating all the time. We might feel excited and inspired sometimes. We might feel depleted and drained another and somewhere in between. So that's not really an objective measure to reflect from. So when we get it out on paper or on the whiteboard or on the journal, we can be very objective and ask some questions. You know, am I on the right path? Is there something missing here? Can I discard something? Can I improve something? Is there a key decision that I haven't made that I need to step into? Um, and that's the power of disconnecting. So people will say, Tommy, Abdul, I, don't, I just don't have the time to disconnect. Here's the deal. If you believe that, the time is going to be created for you. Uh, you're going to be thrown some type of issue, some type of crisis where you're going to have to take that time. Maybe that's a health issue. Maybe that's your biggest employee you know, leaving and now you're in a crisis, maybe that's whatever it may be, you're, it's going to be created for you. So why not create that time of reflection so we can make sure we're on the right path, doing the right thing? So that's the quarterly. But then every Sunday, this is another thing, every Sunday, you know, take 30 minutes. Like that's all it takes. I, I did a whole blog post on this. It's called how 60 minutes on a Sunday can change your life. But it doesn't even have to be 60 minutes. If you just do 30 minutes of reflecting on, okay, Where did I win this past week? I mean, really win. This is not a time to be humble. Like, where did you crush it this week? Where where did you experience challenges? And what were the lessons that you learned? 
And you go through this process and then you set yourself up for the week, your biggest commitments for the week. And then you start your Monday with more peace, less scatteredness, less rushing around, less frantic. Um, and that's how you create space on a weekly basis. Mm, right. I, I, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think there's so much there for people to take away so far. One last thing that I want to touch upon before I go into the final question after that. I want to talk about your thing. You've mentioned in an article when it comes to finding purpose. You've mentioned the fact that some people should do a challenge, a 30-day challenge, a 60-day challenge or a 90-day challenge to push themselves to that next level. Talk to me about some of the challenges that you feel like you've set yourself or some of your the, the people, the entrepreneurs you work with have set themselves. Talk to me about why that has an impact. Because I, because I did that with my, uh, with myself. I had a fitness challenge. Um, I was overweight. So I said, okay, in 30 days, 60 days and 90 days, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to completely transform my fitness. And I documented that journey online. So for people, for everyone else listening out there, why is it important for people to set themselves challenges, uh, in their lives, whether it's business or whether it's, uh, whether it's, uh, life? You know, one of the things that, uh, that, can get in the way of our enthusiasm is a lack of challenge. Um, often when people are stuck, it's because complacency has uh, set in. And the greatest amount of growth and excitement that most of us get happens um, not just when we're in the state of like things are working and all is good. It's like when we really face and overcome challenges. And so for me, the greatest growth comes between support and challenge, right? And so um, I love what you said. So these challenges are a way of um, like creating, like ripping our, our reality wide open and getting back to that place of like, you know, it's just that energy of facing something, overcoming something, chasing something in an immersive manner. So we've done all types of things. We've done you know, 90-day Facebook Live challenges. We've done, uh, I recently did 30 days of float tank. It's a sensory deprivation tank that you sit in for an hour. Um, and everything in between, fitness challenges too, uh, writing challenges. Um, uh, in relationships, uh, uh, one of my clients did a 30-day note uh, to their kids every single day. There's so much power in, si in signing up and committing to something like this because it builds powerful reps every single day and it just it, – it changes the way that we see the world and our place in it. And of course, on the other side of that is amazing results and fulfillment and a deeper confidence because if we can do one of those things for 30, 60, 90 days, um, we just feel more equipped to handle whatever comes after that. And so – that to me is one of my favorite ways to immerse ourselves in the world of challenge and really feel that spark of, of putting ourselves on the line again. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, 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 I must say, it's, it's actually even more powerful if you document it on social media. I think it creates yes. this level of uh, not just accountability, but people start to get to know a different side of you. People suddenly are drawn towards you. It creates a conversation. Like I remember I was posting uh, uh, my uh, fitness transformation on, on social media. Suddenly every person I met, every event I went into, people were talking about, oh, how's your fitness going? How's the transformation going? Oh, you're looking great. It, it creates this sort of buzz and conversation that some people find it difficult to otherwise create. Why do you think that is? Yeah, well, it's the power. It's just the power of accountability. You know, it's, it, this is why so few people declare 
what they're going to go after because once you declare it and hopefully you you know your example of social media is great because you declared that you were doing something and you allowed people to take the ride with you which means that it wasn't just about you yes it was important to you but people out there were also along for that journey and through that i know that you inspired people by seeing that, like abdul did this challenge like that's awesome and not only am i going to keep up with it and ask him how it's going I'm going to reflect a little bit on the places that I can do that. So we all need accountability. One of the greatest myths is that we just need accountability when starting out. No, we don't. We need more accountability the more that we grow. If you look at some of the best athletes and uh, you know performers and actors, as they get better in their career, as they achieve more success, as they deepen their craft, they have more accountability, not less. Why? Because now they have something to lose. And as you get more successful, your blind spots become smaller, which means that they become harder to see, and they also become more costly. And so that's a huge myth that I work with people. It's like, hey, I'm just going to get accountability when I'm starting. No, no, no. You, you, better, you better adopt a new mindset because as you grow, if you just have a $100,000 business – you know, your blind spot, it's not going to cost you that much. If you mess something up, if you blow it up, it's, it's a $100,000 business. What if you have a blind spot and you ha now have a $10 million business, a $50 million business, and you have a staff of 200? Well, your blind spot is going to be much more costly than just you. Um, so accountability grows as we grow. Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. Talking about the, the whole thing around accountability and social media, you're building your personal brand. You've written books. I really want to, because, you know, the whole podcast is around personal branding as well. I really want to touch upon why you feel in particular, why you in particular feel personal branding is so essential in today's business age. Well, you know, I've been, obviously, I've been on both sides of the hiring equation. I've been in the entrepreneurial space now for 10 years. Um, but I've also, you know, again, I've been a business owner hiring and, you know, these days, I the 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 job market is changing so quickly. Um, it doesn't matter what's on paper anymore, or at least it matters much less. Uh, what matters is what are you doing with your expertise? How what what are you sharing with your brand, product, or service, or whatever that looks like? And so, you know, the marketplace is going to reward people who not just have stuff on paper, but are putting themselves on the line and are standing for something. Um, the more globalized the world gets, uh, the more that we're going to have these small pockets of tribes and somebody needs to lead these tribes. And when you stand for something in your personal brand, whatever that may be, you have principles and a philosophy, um, you start to cultivate people that are going to resonate with that. And that's how you build the business. That's how you build a movement. That's how you build a brand, product, or service that really lasts. We're, we're entering the age of empowerment marketing, empowerment branding. You, the, the old ways are slowly dying and transforming. And so now people want to feel connection. People want to feel trust. People want to get to know who is, who's behind the brand, who's behind the logo. And that happens when you open yourself up and you invest in your personal brand and you work on it every single day. Mm, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Um, before I go on to the last question, uh, and this is a question that I don't actually tell my the, the, my guests about when, when I'm asking them. Love where it. can people? Where can people find you? You know, how can people? You know, I know you've got a book coming out. Tell us a bit more about the book uh, and tell us where people can find you. 
Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. I uh, got a new book coming out right uh, the, the second day of April. It's called Leap of Your Life, How to Redefine Risk, Quit Waiting for Someday, and Live Boldly. And it's a book for somebody out there who knows that there's something bigger. There's a bold decision that you know is out there, but you haven't made it, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And so this book will give you permission to make that bold decision, but also navigate it after that. You can find that on all major booksellers and leapofyourlife.com. And then uh, my normal site is Resist Average Academy, resistaverageacademy.com. Perfect. And, and last but not least, this is a question a bit more on the more casual front. I like to ask every single one of my guests, what is one thing that nobody knows about you? Oh, I love that. Nobody <laughs> you've ever told, other than your fiance, probably. Do yeah, you ask the one yeah. thing that you've never told anyone? What? I'm just so... Few people, very few people know. I don't, I've never said this on a podcast, but I, um, so once I was in Spain, I was very young, and, um, they have this festival out there called, uh, San Fermin, and it's, uh, it's a running of the Bulls festival. It happens in, uh, Pamplona, Spain. And, uh, I was 19 at the time, and so every morning they, they, you know, they set off the rockets, and the Bulls run through these wet streets, and, um, and you run with the Bulls. And so for me, uh, I didn't have the courage to do it, um, you know, without assistance of sorts uh, in terms of um, some drink. So we 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 drank all night once uh, with my buddies um, and that really, you know, grew the courage. And then the next morning or that no, that same morning, because we stayed up at 8 a.m., they let off the rockets and we did it and we're running and I'm running with everything I got. And I crash into somebody and then we go into this mosh pit. Don't remember anything. And then I felt something on my knee. Boom. And out of adrenaline, I, I got up. I, I hopped over the gate. And then I couldn't walk. And so my kneecap was actually shattered by a bull in Spain because uh, I thought I was going to be a tough guy. And uh, with the help <laughs> of some drinks, um, felt like I was one of a, a Spanish uh, matador. <laughs> And uh, it was uh, quite painful. So six months of being unable to walk um, because a bull stepped on me. Wow. Well, that's a story to tell uh, when you're for in a meeting or to kick <laughs> I, Not a lot of people. I've never told that, told that story, on the podcast. So that's <laughs> yeah. Love Absolutely. it. Well, thank you, Tommy. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been phenomenal having you on. Uh, I'm really looking forward to um, getting your podcast out there, sharing more about some of the work that you do, because I think there's so many essential things that you cover and your content that you're putting out there that some of our audience needs to hear about. So I'm definitely going to be putting your podcast out there over the coming weeks. Um, thank you once again for being on the show and I really look forward to just staying in touch and, and seeing that next level that you're reaching uh, every other month. So it's, it's going to be phenomenal for me to even follow your journey over the coming months. So thank you once again for being on the show. Abdul, right back to you, man. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for connecting, putting yourself out there, connecting with me on social, supporting me, and uh, I feel the same way, man. Let's keep this going. Perfect. Well, there you guys have it. You've been listening to the personal brand personal branding podcast and you've you've what the one of the key things that you've learned from this podcast is essentially how to how to take one year's worth of results in 90 days without destroying your life 
without destroying your life, without throwing it down the drain. And I, I think there's going to be so many takeaways that people are going to be listening uh, to in terms of the audience that are going to be listening to this. Uh, uh, do share your best sort of thoughts and comments. Do share this on social media. Do tag someone in the comments. Do send this to someone that you know this will be of value for. Um, uh, and I really appreciate all the listeners that have been tuning in so far. So hopefully I'll stay in touch uh, and see you guys very, very soon. That's all from me. Thank you. Bye-bye.